P.S. You're Wrong, the podcast where we talk trash about the things people love and hate and hate to love. And we're your hosts, Shelby and Matt. Yes, back again for another week of pop culture news. <laughs> and there's a lot of Kanye news this week uh, and Taylor yeah. Swift news. So it's really <laughs> yeah. everything we could ask for. <laughs> we're all just living the dream. Truly new music from both people coming our ways, some more than others, but <laughs> snippets at least. Yeah. But before we get into all of that, we have a review from another one of our wonderful listeners. So thank you for leaving that. Abby O'Boy or Abay O'Boy, depending on how they, uh, the words break up, I guess. Um, said a real oh fun time five stars I don't know that I feel like that could be a word I'm not sure <laughs> I'm pretty sure it's gonna be my uh, my sister-in-law Abby Boyer but maybe it is a bayo oh that does make sense <laughs> now that yeah okay never mind it's definitely Abby oh boy then whatever <laughs> these tricky names I tell you yeah yeah well let's just hear what she has to say okay she said hey Matt and Shelby are Fun. That's all caps fun. (laughs) I honestly don't care too much about keeping up with new movies and pop culture, but these two make it so fun and bring up some very interesting points about society, art, and entertainment. Wow. That just, we are highbrow (laughs) in this review. Let me just tell you. So here's to us, the winners, for finding this gem of a podcast. Oh my gosh, guys. Thank you for writing this. Yes. I'll have to send you a gift basket or something. Oh, is that what we're doing for people who leave reviews now? We're sending them gift baskets? <laughs> yeah. yeah, spread the Watch word. Watch our numbers yeah. just skyrocket. Yeah. If you want a gift basket or, <laughs> you know, you just want our unending praise and devotion, you can leave us a review on Apple Podcasts, which would be great because it helps new people find the podcast. It's really awesome. We'll love you for it. So... Go do that in your free time. Yes. And you can also find us on all social media fronts. We're at PSU Wrong on Instagram, Twitter, Facebook. And you can always send us an email if you don't have a way to leave us a review. We're PSU Wrong at gmail.com. And PSU Wrong doesn't have a TikTok, but I have a TikTok. <laughs> oh, so no. if you want to just follow me <laughs> so on that thirsty. platform, you can. You're basically it's like Lizzo. Really great, You're guys. begging for it. You're just like, please find me. <laughs> I I love TikTok. It is so entertaining. I could just get on there and watch it for hours. You've been I don't getting know better. I think, yeah, they, I've seen in. them get stronger. So I'm proud of you. You're putting in yes, the time. Thank you. Thank yeah. you. I have like big plans for Halloween that oh, involved okay. learning choreography. Oh, so be on boy. the lookout. I'm excited. Mm-hmm. Um, how are your How are your numbers looking? Like, do you have followers? Oh gosh, no! Oh dear, no! Here's I don't the thing: know how is I got on there, and well, and I have, I just have. Okay, ah, shoot! This is like now it's speaking to me. I have three followers currently, which is embarrassing, <laughs> but also like I went to the suggested page that was like, how many, you know, like who is your Facebook friend and has a TikTok, and like I have, I don't know, like over a thousand facebook friends you know that's i've had it for like a decade so you would think that i would have a number of friends on tiktok no i had like 18 and most of them (laughs) had not post anything so it's really a testament that i have three followers it's a big true everyone counts so if you want (laughs) to go follow me like cheers to you (laughs) yeah well Uh, i look forward to them on twitter so keep 
Keep sharing. Yes. Yes. Oh, of course. Will do. Okay. Should we get into the news of the week? Yes. So, Matt, why don't you tell me something I don't know? This is just, it's really tricky because I feel like I have a bunch of stories that are all, like, I really want to talk to you oh, about. Okay. <laughs> um, let's let's talk about my favorite one, I guess, first. So, we saw The Joker. We did an episode mm-hmm. about it. We did not particularly like okay, The Joker. Yeah. However, there is a whole saga going on in the post-Joker release era that involves social media influencers. The steps <laughs> from the movie, and also, you even if you didn't see the movie, I'm sure you saw it in a trailer or a still or whatever. Yeah. They're somewhere up in the Bronx, like in some just random neighborhood in the Bronx. And social media people have been flocking there since the movie started. Like, there's just dozens and dozens of people going to these steps every day and taking all these pictures and dressing up like the Joker and doing weird like choreographed routines on the steps and the locals are pissed about (laughs) it to the point that they have now started throwing eggs at these influencers who are coming up trying to reclaim these steps as part of the uh, like Joker tourist movement which I just found like this whole this weird like gentrification based on a movie set thing very strange and felt like the world needed to know because it's such <laughs> I a I read story. an article about it like someone went to like interview people on the steps and a lot of them hadn't even seen the movie they just had seen like the yes. videos or like the memes and they were like well I gotta go check it out <laughs> Which is also a dark storyline of just our culture, you know? Well, and I mean, you lived in New York City, so you have a good sense of the geography. For those of you who have not lived here or do not know where this is, like everything that you would do as a tourist, like Times Square, Statue of Liberty, Empire State Building, is all like in lower Manhattan. In order to get to where these steps are, which are in the Bronx, you have to be on a train for at least like a half hour, 40 minutes maybe longer depending on where you're coming from and if the train is stopping a lot yeah. like this is not a convenient location people are going way out of their way to go to these steps there's nothing else near them that you would like be going to uh just like randomly and this is yeah. on the way to do that like you have to make a trip just to see these steps it's like going to coney island <laughs> Yeah, except it's like a neighborhood no one would have dared. None of these tourists would have dared step foot in uh, before the movie came out. And so it's just it's a weird thing. It's weird that they're all into it. And now it's just crowded. So it's not even visually cool photos they're getting. They're just getting photos of a crowded staircase, you know? Yeah, it's like they're on the stairs, but then you can see other random people on the stairs and you get (laughs) these influencers with their like halo lights and their (laughs) weird like riggings that they've got going on. Yeah. Yeah. Are you going to make the trek? Think of the TikToks. I know. (laughs) Believe me, I I thought if there was a TikTok trend that involves those steps, I might head up there, but... As of now, that has not emerged yet. So I'm safe for at least another couple weeks. (laughs) We'll see. Speaking of weird, um, like memes and trends and all that nonsense, Kylie Jenner, who last week we talked about her rendition of Rise and Shine, has proven to be (laughs) either very business savvy or a capitalistic crazy person depending how you see it but she has now applied to trademark the phrase rise and shine for just anything she could possibly do like a hair product makeup perfume she's just trademarking the whole phrase which 
if people need reminding is a very common phrase that already is a part of a song that she tried to sing rather poorly. And so it's just like wild how quickly this memification turns into like dollar signs for these already rich billionaires, well, billionaires in Kylie's case. And like, obviously, when it first happened, she was quick to pull up some Rise and Shine is Rise and Shine merch which looks like garbage, but whatever. And everyone was expecting some sort of rise and shine lip kit or eyeshadow palette or whatever. But the fact that she's now like upping it a little bit and and trademarking it for her future uh, endeavors is just mind boggling to me. I feel like I don't remember exactly the word, but I feel like Kim Kardashian tried to do this recently too with another phrase that was like equally (laughs) just normal. I think kimono because she tried to have her old brand named that right it's weird it's strange like i can see why you would do branding but at the same time like copywriting it feels like a bit much (laughs) the meme is dead no one wants to hear about it anymore Hmm. speaking of memes i think it's time to get into the story that we've all been waiting for in the cats saga (laughs) there was a new very serious video released this week because all of these cats like bonus feature special content videos are like their you know psas Mm -hmm. for the holocaust Mm -hmm. that's the seriousness (laughs) that we're dealing with and this was all about how taylor swift is like spent all this time writing a new song for the movie well she didn't spend that much time she wrote it on the spot because she's that good so let the record show well yeah but like the (laughs) but then they were like producing it and and it's like this very kind of they're they only play a clip of it in the commercial but it feels like very kind of like melodramatic and like it's cats the musical featuring memory this whole movie (laughs) is just turning in it's but it's the musical is so weird and they are all approaching it as if it is so serious it like is ludicrous (laughs) the digital fur technology yeah and at one point because the musical is based on these weird poems that t.s Eliot wrote and there's this quote in this feature where taylor swift is like well T.S. Eliot's dead. So if you can't get T.S. Eliot, you can get like T.S. And it's like, uh, there's a big gap between T.S. I'm, Eliot I'm and 100% positive so, she like, recognizes that too. You just refuse to get her sense of humor. Like she was not being serious when she made that joke. That's like a dad joke. Uh, I don't know. I don't know. It did not. <laughs> You're obsessed with Taylor Swift. I just. I have to say that as a person who's notably obsessed with Taylor Swift, but like you thirst for this drama that is non-existent. No, you know? this, this movie is wild. And she, this is very clearly, oh, yeah, yeah, this for is sure. very clearly an attempt to Lady Gaga herself into the Oscar race as like pop star <laughs> doing a big song for a movie. And well, why aren't you mad at Beyonce for doing a huge because, uh, behind the scenes for a movie well, that she wants an Oscar yes, for? Because Beyonce's music and and like that whole the whole like Lion King soundtrack, there was a like an importance to it. You know, she mm. she found all of these singers mm-hmm. from yeah, like Africa. Lion King the the remake. Uh huh. Not to the movie, but to the music in the movie, there was. <laughs> right. It was like a separate side okay. project that like, is, could almost be unconnected from the movie, if you will. <laughs> but this clearly cannot be. And just like the seriousness of them sitting well, there talking about the behind can- the scenes. Yeah. 
is <laughs> it's just wild to me. I mean, but I get your point in general about Cats the movie, but the fact that you're obsessed with this clip of Taylor Swift working with Andrew Lloyd Webber on a new song for the musical, it just, I mean, I didn't feel like it was that serious. Like, I don't know. I mean, she's writing a song. Who knows if it'll be good? I don't like any of the Cats music, but I mean, she's she's writing a song which will be featured in the movie. So, of course, they're going to be promoting it. Like, I just... I just... I need someone involved in this project to come out right. and say, guys, <laughs> like, clearly this is a little bit of a joke. Like, this is weird, right? Like, this is strange that I'm in a movie with Rebel Wilson and James Corden and Jason Derulo and Judy Dench. We all look crazy in this digital fur technology. And yeah. we made that really very serious, like, making of video that we launched before the trailer (laughs) and the trailer was wild guys like we all understand this yes and yet we've had however many months of this and everyone is still acting like this is schindler's list and it is not (laughs) hey don't knock it till you see it maybe they maybe they feel like they're onto it you know like i mean they are heavily promoting it they're pushing it for those oscars they really really want people to like be like oh look artistry i'm not confident at all because this musical is total nonsense and i have no idea why anyone would want to watch it on the big screen um but i mean maybe we'll be surprised just these like (laughs) featurettes though are just so crazy and like remember when um like when les mis came out or like into the woods came out like those are sort of a little bit hokey, but at least the cast was like serious people. Like the cast of this is even laughable. Like the <laughs> whole thing is a joke and nobody is saying like, guys, this is like, this is weird. That's true. I mean, but I think the problem is that they all think it is Lemez quality. Like it is, it is serious, you know? <laughs> That's what I'm saying. Taylor Swift is sitting there like, guys, I have written the new song that is going to be a classic musical theater number for ages to come. And it's like, no, this is a disaster and so strange. Yeah, I just pokey. keep thinking though, like Cats has been. I don't know, on Broadway forever. Like, it's touring through Houston right now. Like, someone is watching this show. So maybe we just don't get it. I definitely don't. (laughs) And neither does anyone on Twitter. Like, have you seen anybody (laughs) tweeting, oh, I'm so excited. This is going to be breathtaking. Has anyone tweeted anything similar to the copy (laughs) that is on these trailers where it's like, it will inspire you? No. (laughs) Everyone is like digital ver technology, LOL. Look at Taylor Swift with that catnip. (laughs) I'm excited to see it. It'll Uh, be a trip. Me too. (laughs) Ugh. Gosh. Okay. <laughs> Any more stories from you? Um. Yeah. I mean, Kelly Ripa was like talking about how her son was living in extreme poverty, which was pretty hilarious. Oh yes. <laughs> she was on Jimmy Kimmel and was asked about her kids who now live out of the home, out of their million dollar home, and are going to NYU and living in New York City. And she was just like, "Oh, I think he loves the freedom, but I don't think he ever really experienced extreme poverty like he is now. He is chronically poor." And everyone on Twitter was like, rightfully sort of outraged by this idea that a a millionaire child of these stars could ever feel extreme poverty. Like, 
He has no idea what that would actually look like. And it was just uh, kind of a laughable moment. But Kelly sort of dug in her heels and on Instagram was like, listen, we he's not subsidized by us anymore. He had to get a job. He's living in his own apartment with a bunch of roommates. So it's like, I can sort of see like that he is probably, you know, thrown into the deep end maybe and is actually like, like more props to them if they have actually sort of cut him off and are making him try and figure out his own way. But I just have trouble believing it. Like, I feel like he's one of those New York, like NYU students who's like, oh yeah, like I'm totally, like I know how to live on my own now, but then his mom like pays for his phone or <laughs> he gets like a weekly stipend still for his food or fashion. I mean, the fact that he's live or that he's going to NYU is just right. one thing. <laughs> There's no way that he is going to NYU and living in New York City and is paying for his rent 100% off of what he's making at whatever part-time job he has <laughs> while working at N- or going yeah. to NYU. And NYU is famously one of the most expensive schools in the country. It's like $60,000 yeah. a year. So, I mean, not to say that like, oh, they shouldn't be paying for anything because like they're wealthy and if yeah. you are wealthy, like you should be paying for your kids' education because, you know, <laughs> right. they're your children and you had them. So like good on you but at the same time it is ridiculous to be like ah yes living in poverty going to NYU it's not like they were like you're 18 you're out on the streets like good luck and he's at a like SUNY whatever up in upstate New York like trying to with $30,000 in debt every year yeah but he is living in Brooklyn so sacrifices were made yeah but Brooklyn is also expensive I mean I'm sure he's living in Brooklyn but I'm sure he's in like Ford Green I don't think he's in Bensonhurst you know taking up crosstown bus to get in yeah hopefully you'll run into him and you'll be able to give him some tips on where to find the cheapest chicken nuggets and uh he wasn't an episode of Riverdale so I would recognize him if I did see him yeah so well perfect Mm -hmm. okay want to get into love it or hate it yes let's get this over with what is your love it or hate it matt okay we all knew this was coming (laughs) i was bound to talk about kanye west his new album jesus is king just came out this week um and i really like it i don't think that it's as good as some of his previous albums but i think it is a good album it's a gospel album like gospel christian r&b sort of which is a kind of a turn for him uh kind of not (laughs) at the same time he's always been like interested in religion and has had a lot of like religious elements to his music jesus walks is obviously one of his very early successes that has the word jesus in the title but (laughs) this is like 100 percent like gospel sort of like worship music like very explicitly christian all of the tracks are about that there's not um, and also not explicit at all right Yes, yes, there's like no profanity, there's no, you know, like double innuendo, sexual entendre stuff, which is also very mm. present in his uh, previous music. Did you listen to this album at all? Or you were like, no, thank you. Uh, yeah, I skipped it. I heard, I heard mostly people didn't like it. But there was a couple songs that people liked. I heard the Chick-fil-A line. So that's my exposure to it. <laughs> yeah, that's, that's definitively the worst <laughs> song, I think, on the album. It's it's weird because I think that 
like Kanye West at this point has so much baggage mm-hmm. attached to him from his like various phases of life that it's interesting to see people like or dislike his music sort of based on weird criteria that I think is self-imposed by them and carries with it more of like their whatever like politics they're trying to bring to the table than it does like whatever he's actually doing on both sides. So he did Life of Pablo. And then after that, he sort of had like a weird breakdown. He was like tweeting weird things. He was hanging out with Donald Trump. He said that slavery wasn't that bad. Uh, You know, like all kinds of just wild, (laughs) strange, inappropriate things people were calling him out for. And I think a lot of that was that it was shocking that he was saying these things, but at the same time shouldn't have been surprising to people because Kanye's whole thing for his entire career is that he's like working through whatever he's working through, like in the public and in his music and saying it at, at, um, you know, like as he goes, he's not like his music, the like music itself. I think he puts a lot of effort into it and is very polished, but the kind of like messaging in it is very raw. And like when he got on the news and was like, George Bush hates black people, uh, like that was not something that was like forethought of ahead of time. That was like this like statement, like, okay, let's get the press release ready and like figure out the social media marketing for this. Like that was just something that he said that was also wild and people hated him for that. And so I feel like you had all of the like Republican Christians who were like, okay, well, he's dead to us. And also his music's really explicit. So we hate him for that. And then he came out and was like supporting Trump sort of and, you know, having these other outbursts. And then after his last album, uh, Yay, he kind of, I think, like went out into the wilderness and then had like a literal come to Jesus moment and has been very just like focused on his faith, focused on these Sunday services, which are like music church services revolving sort of around like his music. I don't know. They're sort of strange and Mm -hmm. and weird, but that's (laughs) what he's been focusing on for the past year. And that is what funneled into this new album. And so in this process, everyone who was originally a fan of his, who was a liberal and was like, yeah, George Bush does suck was then like, well, wait, no, now you like Donald Trump and now you're, you know, doing like Christian worship services every week. So now you're sort of like (laughs) dead to us. But it's weird that with this new album, because I went to a Christian college to see all of these people on my social media who like, I'm sure hated Kanye or like could not care less about him are now like, yes, he's the best. This album's amazing. And it's like, well, I think that is more just to do with the fact that Christian music in general is terrible. And this is like actual good music that has Christian messaging to it. So I don't know. I'm just sort of sitting here being like, yes, this is a good album. I don't think it's his best album, but I feel like everybody is either like, this is trash and garbage and terrible and he's a horrible person, or like, yes, this is the best thing we've ever heard. Like, (laughs) Jesus is back, you know, kind of thing. I don't know. It's just a very strange situation. And me as like a fan of Kanye through all of these different periods, who I think really, the reason why I like him is because he is so raw and because he feels like he can make these big swings and choices and you feel like whatever he's going through you're like seeing as it's happening Mm. but i feel like the people who are appreciating him for the reasons why i'm appreciating him are very small and everyone else (laughs) is just like using him in their bigger like virtue signaling game 
Well, I don't know. I've just been distracted by his. Yeah, he's just. I mean, he clearly has stuff going on, and I think the come to Jesus yes. stuff is also kind of hard because it's making him a little bit harder to deal with. I feel like. I mean, just the way he's sort of started to handle Kim Kardashian and he doesn't want her to be so sexualized anymore even though he was originally like you know bolstering her confidence and telling her she should and it's so sexy and hot and now he's like ranting about the plan b and abortion it's just like a lot it's a lot of personality and like I don't know I, I don't know it's just, it, it's just a lot for me I just it's like you know it's, maybe he shouldn't be making music right now he should be focusing on <laughs> himself a little bit but i'm glad he has an outlet i just wish he didn't have to promote it <laughs> right the i mean i think the interesting thing about him and what i can appreciate so much is that these things like these are thoughts that i think or issues that a lot of people you know like go through but it's very like like solitary kind of like i feel like lots of people have weird thoughts but they mm. just are one, nobody knows who they are, and two, they keep mm-hmm. them to themselves. Right. So I think it's really interesting to see somebody take these thoughts that other people would be would not be expressing publicly and like have them on such a large public <laughs> stage. Yeah, it's interesting. Which I think is it's interesting and it's something that I'm glad like is in the world because hmm. it does hmm. I, it does hmm. contribute to thoughts i think but um (laughs) but it is also at the same time like i don't think you can go through what he's saying and be like okay every single one of these things is i don't know like (laughs) you you almost have to kind of like discount all of it you know and be like none of this is 100 like the things you agree with and the things you disagree with you have to be like well this isn't like a well thought out like <laughs> thesis statement. This is just sort of like the musings mm. of a person like casually thinking about things I mean, on the side. Yeah. And you can't go through and pick and choose the parts that you like and be like, well, this part was when he was great and really on top of it because I agree with it. And this part is sucks uh-huh. because I disagree with it. You have to like look at it all the same. I think. I mean, yeah, it's interesting. You're you can like, I mean, not to bring Taylor Swift into the whole thing, but I think, Sometimes your criticisms of other artists such as Taylor Swift can be like very absolute and like, oh, I don't like her as a person. And so it's interesting that people are willing to give Kanye like not even chance after chance, but just like, yeah, these sort of excuses or explanations or justifications for problematic behavior or whatever. Separate the art from the artist almost when it's not always afforded to others. Well, I think that... Well, Taylor Swift is almost like the exact, like the foil to Kanye West (laughs) because it it feels like she is so put together. You know, like everything is thought through. There's all Mm -hmm, these Easter eggs. mm -hmm. She's hinting things for like months in advance. And she has these, you know, like year long kind of like marketing plans of, okay, I'm going to put a stamp on a calendar (laughs) in 2017 and that's going to signal something that's going to happen three years from now. Where this album, Jesus is King, was is like the latest form of an album that he had announced that was supposed to come out last November. (laughs) And then he's like changing it. You know, why is a business strategy? (laughs) It's not a crime necessarily. It's just a different, like, I think that with Taylor Swift, 
everything that she does has like a little bit of a manufactured element Mm. to it. And yet she is always kind of trying to be like, but I'm like real relatable. (laughs) And sometimes it just has like a phoniness Mm. to it where Kanye feels like it's always sort of a hot mess and that's what you're getting. And it's like very (laughs) raw and real to it. You know that there's not like... It feels like there's not like a a subtext or a pretext. It's just sort of like okay, yeah, this is I what guess. But I also think he thrives in, in this like counterculture shock jock. Like that's what he wants. That's what he values. And Trump is just like, oh, I want to say the opposite of what other people are thinking, which in its way is also very manufactured. You know, it's like, does he really support Trump? Probably like not if you boil it down to it. But he likes being out there different pushing buttons causing scenes and so i don't know i mean <laughs> I, yeah he he's out and he's loud and uh, he has new music so <laughs> yeah aside from all of the taylor swift stuff i feel like i i was just m- less frustrated with it's more like the fair weatherness of it you know right. like i feel like mm-hmm. with taylor swift the people that you guys that your fandom has to be like the most annoyed with are the people who were like liked her at one point and then disliked her when it like went awry right instead of people who just like never liked her to begin with <laughs> you know yeah. it's like i it's like i understand if people like never liked kanye don't uh-huh. like kanye like think he's bad like fine that's 100% okay. What is anno- frustrating to me are these people who like pick and choose the parts that they like about him and they're like, well, this is the genius. And then the parts that they don't like, they're like, oh, well, this is the trash. And it's like on both sides. So right. you have the conservatives picking out certain songs that they're like, well, these are great. And you have the liberals picking out other songs and they're like, well, these are great. And it turns out that it's like less about anything that Kanye is doing and more about just like, well, how can I like put my own stuff onto mm. this person? Mm-hmm. music yeah no it's interesting reading the differing views on the album i mean i haven't seen that much positive but i'm glad you liked it <laughs> it's vi- yeah i mean it's very sporadic but i think because most of the people who are like reviewing it right. are like against him politically but then on social media in the circles that are like you know more conservative it's getting a, a much better press where mm, you know his like earlier stuff got a lot more you know, positive like reviews from the media, but then the a lot of people didn't like it because of you know. So you think even saying. when critics are like, "Oh, it's bad production. It's clearly um, not as polished as his past stuff." That some of that is helplessly biased because they don't like him as a person. I think some of it is biased. I mean, some of it, the some of the production is uh, not as good because it does feel like rushed Uh a little bit. And this album is really short and there's a lot of songs on it. So it's a little bit choppy in comparison to some of his like more like virtuoso type stuff in his earlier albums where you just had these like long songs that went on forever and had a lot more like just space for production Mm -hmm. in them. But also I think some of the earlier albums also had like duds of songs on them that weren't yeah. that good. And people just like sort of brush over those. I mean, like right. especially, especially I hate when albums have those weird interludes in them and his <laughs> yeah. have those. In, and it's like, what is this doing here? Like, who cares? Yeah. No, that's true. So, well, very I don't interesting. Know. What do you have? <laughs> Well, I actually, I watched a movie about what uh, some people call the godfather of rap. So um, 
thank you to him for Kanye, I guess, because Eddie Murphy has a new movie that's on Netflix called Dolomite is my name. I don't know if you've had a chance to watch it yet. No, but I want to. Yeah, it was good. We kind of, I had never heard about it. I didn't know anything about it. Didn't know like the true story about it. Didn't know if it was comedy or drama, but we just threw it on and it was really good. I mean, first of all, Eddie Murphy is very, very good in this film and he's makes it very watchable. It has this huge cast of a lot of different people, like every, every single person you can imagine being in this story of a black man who's trying to make music and then goes on to try and make a film is in this movie. But it was great. It was a delight because I'm so used to diverse films like this, like films about people of color to always be like tragedies or, or they get ripped off or there's, or they, they just like disappear into nothingness or they're slaves or whatever. They're always so sad and depressing and serious. And this was just like such a celebration of these people and their bigger than life personalities and what they went on to do. And it's all about this guy who just like, he really (laughs) wants to feel like famous in a way and it starts to feel exactly like the disaster artist which is uh about another dude who wants to be oh, famous yeah, and he I loved that. Then decides to make a movie on his own so the parallels are right there but the disaster artist is all about this like white male ego they never really like each other they don't understand each other and this is like the antithesis because eddie murphy's character dolomite rudy ray moore is just so like nice and energized and everyone around him like the community he builds is just so it's like such a good movie but it's also a feel-good movie and i just really enjoyed it more way more than i ever thought i would ah yeah i'm excited to see it and also because of the way that like the breakdown is this year there is tons and tons and tons of movies competing in the drama category and Mm -hmm. hardly any competing in comedy which this will be in so i think eddie murphy has a very good chance of winning best actor in a comedy at the golden globes which i think could set him up really nicely to do well in the at the oscars so i think this is a like he right now he's at the front runner but i can sort of like see the pieces ahead and feel like he could be set up very nicely for uh for a win even possibly but yeah i mean it's like a huge it's is performing very well with critics i think it's like 98 percent on rotten tomatoes it had a limited release and now it's on netflix and so i know a lot of award shows can be like anti-netflixy but this feels like a little bit more highbrow than um you know some of the other stuff you get on like limited release so hopefully it does get some affection because i really just enjoyed it and it was a lot better to me than the disaster artist, if only because I just walked away liking everyone a lot more. And, you know, no James Franco, which exactly. is always an advantage. <laughs> always a win. Okay, well, I think that's everything for this week. Uh, on Thursday, we have an episode coming out where we're going to be talking about scary movies in honor of Halloween, because Halloween is Thursday. So, <laughs> oh my gosh, is that a ghost? Ooh. Is there a ghost here? <laughs> are you speaking to us from beyond the grave (laughs) listen to the next episode wow oh my gosh i'm so glad that somebody died and came back just to tell us to listen to an episode of a podcast from the future who died and yeah it's a whole thing it's important so oh wow 
Um, okay, well, uh, join us Thursday for a ghostly Halloween episode. And until then, follow us on social media and leave us a review on Apple Podcasts. Bye, everybody. Thank you.